You're listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks, a biblical, practical, and spiritual conversation about living and leading worship. Let's lean into today's episode. Well, hey, thank you so much for tuning into Worshipology. This is a podcast for worship teams, worship leaders, and worshipers. And uh, listen, today I've got uh, Joshua Sherman on the other side of this phone call. Say what's up, man. Blessed to be here. What's up, everybody? <laughs> so Josh and I met probably, what, 2016? We were doing a camp together down in Texas, and uh, man, we got to write together, worship together, do a project together. Uh, with a group called People in Songs. Yeah. And uh, that's where I was introduced to your voice, your talent, your heart. Uh, man, but just for our listeners, just kind of tell them uh, a little bit of how you got into ministry, how you started songwriting, worship leading, the whole nine yards, man. What's the Joshua Sherman story, bro? Yeah, definitely. I don't know if it's that interesting, uh, but uh, I'm a PK. <laughs> uh, there you I always go. say I'm a pew baby. Uh, literally born in church. That's all I know is is church. And so um, I was forced to play the piano. Forced. It wasn't a choice. I was forced to play keys. Uh, right. I grew up in a small church. So, you know, a lot of times the musician didn't show up. It just so happened one Sunday they didn't show up. I was in elementary. My dad said, I've seen you playing on the keys before. Get on there and play now. So <laughs> forced to play. Always loved singing for the Lord. So since a kid, I've been uh, singing for the Lord. So just like I said, raised in church in 2016, mm-hmm. that was a, a major year for me because that's the year my mom transitioned. And that same mm-hmm. year is the year that the Lord elevated my ministry and it went past what we would consider the local level. And so from yeah. just going from city to city locally, the Lord took me to, you know, different states and all that type of stuff. And I began to write songs and meet people from different areas. And I just learned what it was to collaborate more so than learning what it is to collaborate. And the details of that, I believe that the Lord allowed me to taste kingdom. He allowed me to wow. sense him and what was authentic, not in necessarily what was only familiar to me. And so, wow. yeah, man, from that, from there, 2016 of traveling, it's been up, up from there. And the Lord has just shown me who he is in so many different ways and so many different flavors. And I'm grateful. Man, tell me a little bit about your upbringing. What kind of style of church was it compared to kind of where you are now? I mean, I think the cool thing about you, and I've, I've followed your journey for a little bit here, and I've seen you've just kind of rubbed shoulders with different anointings, different denominations, different styles, black church, white church, and everything in between. That's what's so exciting about you, man, is you just have this spirit of unity on you. Mm. And I mean, talk to me about that. Like, what does that look like? Because you just said something so powerful in there. You said you tasted kingdom. Dude, mm. just unpack that for a little bit, because that is so good, man. Yeah, I think a lot of times we limit God or box God to what we're used to. And I for sure was there. Mm. And sometimes I find myself going back there even now. It's like, this is the way that song was sung. And this is the way that song should be sung. And so we have wow. to realize that a multicultural church and uh, having uh, different ethnicities, being multi-ethnic, those are two different things. And where the Lord has me now, I like to experience the different flavors. The the song, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. That, you know, it's beautiful that way. That's that's the way I grew up. 
<laughs> I mean, that's the way I, you, you would traditionally hear it, not the way I grew up. The way I grew up, I grew up in a, a church called Primitive Baptist. That was the denomination. So we actually yeah. would like chant it. What a friend we have in Jesus. So it, you know, it was different as far as the sound. <laughs> but, bro, I felt the presence of God. I've seen the Lord wow. really just allow his presence to fall in both atmospheres. So I think when we approach the Lord, when we come together as his people, we shouldn't come with a script saying, God, we want your stamp of approval on this. But we should come with open hands saying, Lord, how do you want to move? What sound do you want to produce wow. through us? And just that mindset to me is kingdom, right? Uh, you can't limit mm. the United States to Florida. You can't limit the United <laughs> States to California. It's the United States. It's uh, the yeah. East Coast, the West Coast, the Midwest, the South, and they all make up the United States. And if that's just the United States, how can we even compare that to the kingdom of God? So many different flavors, wow. uh, so many different experiences, so many different testimonies. Our testimony affects our sound and it creates our sound. Mm. So many different mm. testimonies of what the Lord has done. And I think getting those uh, testimonies and getting those diverse sounds together for one purpose, to glorify God that is the sound of kingdom. And the Lord allowed me to taste that in, in many different ways through various styles of preaching, various styles of worship. I just tasted it and, and I never wanted anything else ever since then. <laughs> I love that. You know, one of the things that's so cool about uh, seeing what you've done, and I got to say this off the bat, like Psalm 23, I am not alone. We do that at our church. It uh, lit up God. the place. We We actually did it for the first time back in February and we had a... 20 piece choir, uh, one of our worship leaders who I've had here on the uh, podcast, uh, Danaver Scott. He's from Jamaica, amazing voice. And I think he did the song some justice. I mean, he's not Joshua Sherman, but I think he did it some justice. I believe he did. And uh, man, it was just so powerful and kind of seeing how, I mean, you know, you've got. Uh, such a vast expression on the video that I saw. And I know that church has traveled. So, I mean, millions of views and it's traveled so much, but like, talk to me a little bit about, you know, when you get different ingredients together uh, to bake a song, to, to have a worship experience, you know, there's, it, you can easily venture into that territory of like, you know, sometimes it's too many cooks ruin the, the soup, you know, mm -hmm. or it's like, you know, uh, too much of this ingredient. Like if you have too much salt, man, it kind of ruins the taste a little. So it's like, how do you honor each other in the room, but also realize, man, it's not about any one of us. It's about the presence of God, which is what you just said. How do you pursue unity in Christ above everything else? Yeah. So one thing that the Lord has shown me is that I can only represent who I am. I That's cannot so represent a demographic or a people that I am not. I can love that people. Wow. I can uh, do what I can to know them, but I cannot represent them. So kingdom takes collaboration wow. and you have to collaborate with those who are familiar in an area that you aren't familiar with. So me, I'm raised in the traditional gospel, black church. Uh, all we needed was a tambourine. Sometimes we had a B3 organ. Sometimes we had a keyboard. Come on now. <laughs> if no musician showed up at all, we still have church. So I, I, when I come to a collaborative session, whether it be writing or we're collaborating on putting a worship night together, I can tell you, hey, this is what's good for my people. This is what's good uh, mm. for the camp that I come from. 
But I also wow. have to be willing to listen. Okay, is this good for you? So, and I'm sure you know this, Curtis. You know, you're writing. We may have a verse that the 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 content we agree on, but it's like, uh, the delivery. This may be hard for my camp, or or this. How mm. how is this for your camp? Some you can have good intentions with a bad outcome. You know, so some people say, wow. well, wow. you know, I, I come to lift up Jesus. I love Jesus. Yeah, I understand that, but. We got to make sure the verbiage is <laughs> digestible for everyone. So, yeah, if I wanted to, I could, again, uh, I'm raised on the south side of St. Petersburg. So, you know, for our holiday meal, we would have collard greens, candy yams, macaroni and cheese, you know, all the soul Let's food go. items. If I wanted to do a holiday and have Italian food, though, I should find someone who was Italian and knows how to cook that type of food. Same thing with Hispanics, so on and so forth. So I think the kingdom is the same way. If you want to have a diverse palate in worship, then you need Mm. to have people who are experienced in various parts. And that causes us to what? Get outside of our box. And so same thing with Psalms 23. Bro, when that song was you know, written, it was written with not just myself. There were other co-writers, uh, Stephen Musso, who is amazing in New York. But me and Stephen, mm-hmm. we're not we're not from the same camp, but we're from the same family. So, you know. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Now, talk to me a little bit about where you're at right now. Like, what does the church expression look like? And, and I noticed you said something earlier. You said there's a difference between multicultural and multi-ethnic. I love to kind of unpack that because this is a topic of conversation that's so big right now. I think, you know, and and we were just talking about this before we hit record. I'm in uh, just the south side of Richmond, Virginia, super diverse area, Destination Church, one of the most diverse churches I've ever stepped foot in, multicultural. We always say this, that our church looks like heaven. Mm. I mean, you know, it's every tribe, every tongue, every expression. Uh, What is your church that you're you're down down there in Florida? What does that look like? And... You know, for somebody that's listening, that's like, man, I want to take a step in that direction. I want us to look more like heaven. What's that step one, man? Yeah. So uh, where I am right now, I'm at Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale. Uh, Shout out to Calvary Chapel. I love my church. Our lead pastor is Pastor Doug Salter. And our campus pastor where I serve at the Boynton campus is Pastor Dwayne Roberts. And I would say the same thing for sure. Our church, the Lord has allowed us. It's been a process. But he's allowed us to me to have a portion of the sound of heaven, if you will. Wow. So uh, that brings us back to what you say, multicultural versus multi-ethnic. So just to see different cultures is a beautiful thing. But if you haven't experienced them, it's like literally going to the beach and never getting in the water. It's like going wow. to a restaurant, ordering a glass of water and walking out. You, you really haven't eaten the food. So... What I believe the Lord has allowed us to do here by his spirit is we experience the different sounds. So, you know, in one worship set, uh, we may do this is amazing grace. I don't come from a this is amazing grace type of church, but I love the song. (laughs) I'll leave that one with you, Josh. Oh, I feel the presence of God on it. Um, so, you know, this is amazing. But some, you know, older school saints, and honestly, me too, may just connect to in that saying, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. You know, yeah. and change that even to minor. Uh, yeah. I was once lost, you know, but now I'm fine. Now, 
you've you've you started off CCM, then you went to the traditional hymn. Now you turn the hymn wow. to a minor. So you're yeah. you're bringing in uh, the and to me that is the difference between just being multicultural and having the 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 presence of different cultures, but not the sound of different cultures. And so wow, I'm even okay. big on uh, at my church because I don't speak. Uh, any other language besides English fluently, or unless you, you know, want to go into the gifts of the spirit, but <laughs> <laughs> all right now, come on. You got that tongue language, man. I know you come do. On, Same here. Come on. So um, I don't speak it fluently, but I do have people on the team. So, you know, I love singing songs in other languages. So I have to move out of the way wow. and let those people who speak those languages, whether they be, you know, mm. Spanish or Creole, go with it. Because that that way, we're not up here and you just hear one sound. You should hear the different sounds. And that way, the people are rep- It's good to, for me, I, I want to just know that I'm represented some type of way. And I think that that's kingdom, seeing us all represented. Wow. The, the United wow. Kingdom of God, if you will. Yeah. Now, do you guys do a lot of original music at Calvary? Or you guys kind of do just like a, a bit of everything, you know, kind of, all in that melting pot. And then part two of that question is, what is your choir experience? Do you guys have a choir there? Because I know you've sung with a bunch of choirs. I want to get into that just a little bit too. But yeah, like kind of where are you pulling your songs from to kind of keep that multi-ethnic, multicultural thing front and center? So we're just getting to the place where we're making writing music for the church, a part of the culture of the church. And I'm even big on that because what the Lord is saying to one church, he may not be saying to the next church. So, mm. you know, I'm, I'm huge on that. And uh, so we're, 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 we're at a place now where we're writing for the church. I'm so, I don't know about you, Curtis, but I, a lot of times if I write a song, other people will sing it. I don't really sing it that much unless I'm going out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've got better singers on our team than me, so Bro. I'm like, yeah, you can carry this song way better than I can. I know. I barely ever uh, sing Psalm 23 unless I'm doing like a night of worship or going out to minister someplace. And then, of course, I'll do it. But yeah, we don't limit it to only original songs, and we definitely don't only do the songs that are popular. Sometimes songs that are being played on the radio. We don't sing because I'm just like, that's not what the Lord, you know, is calling us to. That's not the message yeah. that he wants us to release. So even that, I think it, it's pretty diverse. You'll get some original pieces. Uh, you'll get some things that are mainstream. I think you'll get some stuff maybe that I wrote, not only like Psalm 23 for Good Friday, we did what Mercy did for me. That's what I did with uh, Crystal it. Yates and Michael Tyler. So Micah, yeah. Yeah, 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 man. We, we. We we try to make sure it's a good a uh, 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 a good gumbo, if you will. Yeah, I like that, man. Now, talk to me about choirs, though. Like, are you guys rocking a choir every now and then at your church? Is it kind of more of a special thing? Or is it just something that you do when you travel out? So you're right. Choirs they are my thing. I love choirs. I, I, we we do the praise team more frequently at Calvary, but we do have a choir. Okay. Uh, and I would like to see them sing more frequently, honestly. But I love the sound of a choir. Like, I, if I had to yeah. choose between a praise team or a choir, I don't have to think twice about it. I'm choir hands down <laughs> every day, all day. I think nice. just the, the culture of, of the church that I'm at now, it, again, it, praise team is more, uh, I would say, efficient. 
you know, it's, it's easier to work with a smaller group of people. Then you can switch the teams out and all that type of stuff. But yeah, we mm-hmm. do have a choir. We do have a choir. Uh, I love our choir. And uh, yeah, they are amazing. As, as a matter of fact, so we have a choir at this campus and a choir at our Fort Lauderdale campus. And I just did a conference wow. in October called the Tribe to Kingdom Conference. And it's where we intentionally okay. get different camps. I mean, everything from AG to Pentecostal to the more conservative camps, we get them all together. And we not only worship, but we discuss, why do you guys do that? Like, what? How do you guys feel about this scripture? And then we end again on wow. worship. And every time the Lord moves, like we have never left that conference upset at each other. And we, we don't leave the conference trying to cover up each other's differences. We're like, okay, we're different in this way, but guess what? That's good. We're still yeah. brothers and sisters. You know, we don't, it, it's not a conference of uniformity. It's a conference of unity. And the reason mm. I brought that up is because we, we put both choirs together, the Boynton campus and the Fort Lauderdale campus. And bro, it was a <laughs> Holy Ghost party. You hear me? So, That's what's up, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I got to ask this now. I mean, cause I'm intrigued by this conference thing. Like, so when you're, different camps are in the room, different styles are in the room. And you're like, why do you do that? What were some of those nuggets that just kind of like popped out as gold that was like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to be marinating on that for a little while. Like what were some of the things that maybe was revealed to you that uh, just kind of challenged the way that you think about worship and, and vice versa, maybe some of the practices that you have that other worship leaders were like, man, I've never thought of that before. Yeah, man. I mean, from even, when I say Holy Spirit, you know, some camps are Holy Ghost. It's like, what do you guys mean by Holy mm-hmm. Ghost versus Holy Spirit? Is he the same person? He, yeah. not it. Because we're like, the yep. Holy Spirit is a person, not it. Uh, certain yep. things yep. like yep. that, even expressions of worship. So when I first got to Calvary and I, I, I taught or preached or whatever, uh, it was quiet. And see, mm. from my camp, if we're quiet, we're letting you know that we don't connect. We're letting you know that... Wow. We don't know what you're talking about. We're letting you know yeah. that we're ready for you to sit down. But <laughs> here, and now that. even that has changed, right? So if you because I preached on Palm Sunday and the church was like, yeah, yeah, you know. But yeah, yeah. Uh, when I first got here, it, they were quiet out of reverence. And I've, I've wow. learned to even see the beauty, the beauty in that. But the expression of worship, communion looks different. For my church, we mm. start out with, with, with hymns, songs, and we are grateful for the blood. There are different camps that for communion, it's more of a, a somber um, yeah. time of the worship service. And then there are camps that when they think about the blood and what he did, it actually turns into celebration. And, and I, the wrong mindset is to say, okay, well, which way is right? Uh, it, it's what is he saying at this time? Because I've seen wow. the Lord move through both ways. And as long as it's not contrary to the word of God. That's so good, man. And I think there's such a value in like not getting locked in your lane only. Like know the lane that you run in, but man, understand that this is a 12 lane highway, man. And like you look over to the other styles and you're just saying, man, I, I had um, Ian Zumbach was on the podcast a month ago and he just said, you know, there's different watering holes for different fish. And we're called to fish for people. And my lure may not catch this type of fish, but you know what? Somebody has the lure that can catch that so fish. So good. So good. And I just thought it was so cool, man. And I, I just love the fact that like there are so many different expressions of, you know, like what you just said. I mean, I grew up like 
charismatic, uh, non-denominational, spirit-filled. And so we might as well just put a sign out on the front of our church that said, crazy people welcome. I mean, that's what we had every Sunday, man. But then, you know, when I was in Washington, D.C. for seven years, I was a part of a church where, I mean, in one row, it was such a melting pot. You'd have a, a, a Catholic next to a Methodist, next to a Presbyterian, next to somebody who's just trying to figure out who is this Jesus guy. And I think that's the beautiful thing about the church. It's not a one size fits all. And I love that you just said this. You you, you know, you mentioned like, well, who's right or who, who's doing it? It's not about that. It's like, what's God speaking at this time? Yeah. And I, dude, I just love that, man. Now, I want to unpack a little bit because one of the topics of this particular podcast, I ask every worship leader, what does it mean to be spirit led in worship? And I mean... When we talk about the anointing, you know, I think anointing is one of the most misunderstood words in the world of worship. It's like if you hear somebody that can sing with talent, you're like, oh, they're anointed. It's like, ah, no, they can just sing really good. You know, there's a there's a recognition of the anointing. And I mean, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you because I know you're somebody that not just incredible talent and an incredible heart, but really an anointing to lead and to write what does that mean to you and how do you recognize that A, in yourself and B, in others? Such a good question, you're right. That's a loaded one because everybody has their own definition of anointing. So I would say mm. at, at this time, you ask me tomorrow, I don't know. But right now, I would say <laughs> my definition of anointing is complete alignment with the Holy Spirit, with his will wow. and his way. Sometimes we align with his will, but not his ways. I'll give you an mm. example. Sometimes we're like, I want to spread the word of Jesus Christ and I have a heart to sing. He didn't call you to sing. So you, you're aligned with his will with spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ because he tells us to feed his sheep. But feeding, feeding his sheep doesn't need that we need to be on a platform. It doesn't, meet, need, it doesn't mean that you need a microphone in your hand. Sometimes feeding wow. his sheep is greeting people at the door, which sometimes even I'll do. I'll take off on a Sunday from the platform so you're not drawn to the platform. And I yeah, encourage man. all of our worship leaders to do this. I'm like, hey, greet at the door. You're not above, you know, greeting at the door. And that's feeding the sheep. Sometimes when someone comes in and they receive a hug, that's feeding yep. the sheep. So you have to be aligned wow, with his will. Good. With his will, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Great Commission, go. Peter, remember, told Peter, Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep, tend to my sheep. my sheep. So being in a line with that, but we can't feed the sheep what we want them to eat. So the anointing wow. comes when I, not only am I going to feed you, but I'm going to make sure that your diet consists of what he told me to feed you. Sometimes that's mm. encouragement. Sometimes it's loving rebuke because we need conviction and not encouragement. So it, yeah. it, it, and that's when the anointing falls, when we are completely aligned with the will and the way of the Holy Spirit. Mm. I've even heard it so many times in church. Well, this is just me. Well, that's just me. I've said it. Well, that, well, that's just me. It doesn't matter. When you come to him, you come to him saying, God, not only do I want your will, Jeremiah 29, you know, for uh, I know the thoughts that I have for you. You know, it, it's all good things. Yeah. That's yeah. the will of him. But sometimes his ways... We don't like we, when you look at Moses and he tells Moses, speak to the rock. What does Moses do? Yep. Kicks <laughs> the rock. So <laughs> being in alignment with his will is not good enough. So and the anointing wow. comes for me. The anointing comes for me when I am completely in, align, in alignment with his will and his way. And I'll say when you're completely in alignment with his will and his way, 
Of course, we want to minister in excellence, but it doesn't matter if you're hoarse. It doesn't matter mm. if you're, you know, you're like, Lord, I'm just going through right now. Where you are completely in alignment with his will and his way, we see the hand of God move beyond emotionalism, beyond mm. just good church. Because you can have good church and emotionalism and leave the same way you came. But when the anointing wow. is there, when the anointing is there, when you've done exactly what he has wanted you to do, when you have done it to the best of your ability and you're like, God, it wasn't perfect, but it was pure. To me, that's wow. when we see the the true anointing of God. Bro, that's uh, that's like drinking from a fire hose right there. Yeah. The will and the way lined up. I love that, man. Well, listen, dude, we got we got just a few moments left. I feel like we could probably talk for another 10 hours and just be scratching the surface just on the anointing piece. But, uh, dude, I got to ask you this, man. Like, what's the Holy Spirit been speaking to you in this season for such a time as this, as it pertains to worship or church or just personally, man? I'd just love to hear that. We're seeing revivals break out all over. Uh, uh, what's the revival? It just happened. Asbury, Asbury, yeah. The Asbury revival, which, you know, we're seeing all of these revivals. I wouldn't blink for a second. We're seeing the revivals take out. But Amen. the revival has to start internally before it begins externally. And so, so good. If someone were to ask me, what is the Lord saying to you? I believe that the Lord is saying to me, Josh, I want to do a revival internally in you. Mm. And not just internally in you, but internally in my people. Uh, so that there is more external revivals because I, I the, the Asbury revival was amazing. But my pastor said this, Pastor Dwayne Robertson, I totally agree. He said, when I see marriages restored, that's revival. When I see addictions wow. broken, that's revival. So yep. just because it doesn't get publicity, just because it may not go consistently for so many hours, doesn't mean that the hand of God isn't moving among, among his people and that we're not experiencing revival. So I think in this in this season, the Lord is saying, I want to revive my people individually and collectively internally so that externally we can lift him up the way that he should be exalted and lifted up. Because he says, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw. He doesn't ask us to draw. He's like, that's my job. I'll draw wow. all men unto thee. But we can't lift him up effectively or efficiently if we don't have the revival starting in us first internally. Mm. I feel like that's a long mm. answer, but that's my Dude, answer. that's so good, man. And it's such a good reminder that like, you know, God, let it start with me. Let us, I mean, we're praying so much for the big and the the profound and the, you know, groundbreaking things. But God's like, well, how about I have your heart first, you know? And I just yeah. Think, wow. There's something so awesome about that, man. There might be a song in there somewhere, bro. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I think, I think so. it, it just takes <laughs> us back to the simplicity of, I think about after uh, Jesus is crucified and, and he appears, I believe it is to Peter and, and he has breakfast with Peter. Yeah. And yeah. It, it was simple. It wasn't you out of all the 5,000, but that was just an intimate moment. And I don't know. I, mm. I, I think that the church has done well with mega. We've done well wow. with big. And I don't think it's anything wrong with mega or anything wrong with big. But if, if my wife only wanted to see me at concerts, I would have a problem with mm. that. I'm like, we can go Ouch. to concerts. <laughs> we can go to concerts and we can go to restaurants. I'm totally good with that. But I need intimacy. I need one-on-one. I need you to know wow. me. And I think that this is a time where the Lord wants intimacy with his bride because he's definitely, he's worth that. 
he's worthy of that wow. time. And yeah, he's he, it, just him alone is good. So I think mega is mega is good, but he is mega. You know, to be with him wow. is mega. It's not a crowd. <laughs> that's, it's it. that's it right there, man. <laughs> oh so, yeah. my gosh. Well, dude, what what a what a powerful uh half hour with you, man. And uh we're gonna put some links in the show notes so you can check out some of Joshua's music and what he's up to and uh just be able to connect with him on Instagram and all that fun stuff. Josh, thanks so much for your time, man. Love you, dude. Thank you for having me, man. Thanks so much, Curtis. You've been listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks. To learn more and to find resources for worship leaders and teams, you can visit curtisparks.com.